You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 16. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. All right, Cassie, so you had a like a Facebook post that was like asking people for Q&A questions that kind of went off the rails this week, huh? Actually, I didn't really ask for questions on that particular post. Uh, I've had posts where I've asked for questions. But what I did was I posted about the desire gap. Uh, it was the episode that we had uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I put it in a poly group. And with it, there's a description of what the podcast is, is and what it's about. And I always put at the end, you know, we like your questions, you can send them in or you can reply to this post, et cetera, et cetera. And we sort of had a unique thing happen, a unique unicorn thing happen, uh, where I posted and someone hopped on and said they had a question for Amanda. And I actually didn't know how to respond to it at first because I, w- I wanted to, of course, talk to Amanda and, and talk to, to Rigel and see what their thoughts were on this. And in the course of the hour that it took for you guys to get back to me, it had a whole thread of conversation and a ton of questions for Amanda. And then you got banned from the group. And then I got banned from the group uh, for unicorn hunting uh stuff and being unethically poly, which is a totally different conversation I am not getting into right now about poly ethics. Um, But basically, I was banned from the group. So I got the questions that I could. I actually had someone message me after being banned from the group and having my thread knocked down uh, a question as well. So Uh, It sort of kind of spun into its own little monster, and we decided that we're going to have Amanda answer some questions. I want to add, you got banned from the group only because people started posting about unicorns on your thread. Yes, because people posted about unicorns on my thread. Uh, Again, it was a post about the desire gap, which has a lot to do with our relationship, and we talk about our partner a lot in there, but it had nothing to do with unicorns. It was because other people started... Uh, referring to Amanda as our unicorn, and uh, I got booted. So, yeah. like you said, is another rant for another <laughs> time, I suppose. But so Amanda's on the podcast for the first time. Hi, hi guys. Hi Amanda, and she's super nervous, and we're trying to tell her to not overthink <laughs> her questions because she had these questions, and she wrote like four and a half paragraphs for the first one. I just had to get my thoughts down on paper. So that I knew what to say and I didn't get on my first podcast and completely just blank out. Well, if you do blank out, we're going to edit you out. Uh, That's the beauty of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Amanda, how do you feel about being on a podcast? Weird. Why is it weird? Because usually I just listen to you guys talk about the podcast. 
and now and now here I am. Yeah, and this episode's all about you now. Oh, yeah. yeah, these are all for you. Some of the, some of these people specifically asked that we do not answer the questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get to the questions, and we'll see how this goes. All right. So our first question is from Alora. I say our first question, but I just split it up because it's really our first three questions are from Alora. And Alora, by the way, was the one who spun this stuff out of control. So Alora. Thanks for the episode. So this is for Alora. She's 22 years old and she lives in Hawaii. That's awesome. And it says, "Got I have a question, but not for Cassie and Rifle. My name is Rigel, <laughs> but I'm going to assume you're talking about me. It is for their partner, Amanda, question mark. I have been going to scene parties for a few years now. When I play, I like to play with couples. I started dating a couple last year and was with them for six months. Now I'm actually seeing two couples. Uh, so first question, when did you know you were a unicorn? I hate this word unicorn. That's okay. When did you know that you were a unicorn and that joining a couple was what you wanted? Um, before you answer, for anybody who is not aware, a unicorn is generally, we were actually just talking about this yesterday. A unicorn is generally considered to be a bisexual female who dates a couple. And it's not a great term. But there also isn't a great term to replace it either. Uh, so, but when did you know you were a unicorn and that joining a couple was what you wanted? Amanda. Well, I dated my first couple when I was like 22, 23. Um, so I was pretty young, but I didn't really look at it as being a unicorn. Um, I just kind of met a couple and started dating them. I didn't really look at it as being the unicorn, you know. I just wanted to date these people because they were really hot. And they liked me, and uh, that was exciting. That's about when. Now, I'm going to follow up on that question. So you say that you weren't considering yourself a unicorn, which I think is true for most of the people that we've dated, Yeah. which is that it's they find a couple that they like, right? Now, after your first couple, though, were you specifically looking for couples after that? Well... Not really. I had a friend that asked me after I broke up with my first couple there. She was like, you know, is this like your thing now? Like, are you going to date couples from now on? Um, and I was like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to date people. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really count out like other people because they're not couples. That just doesn't make sense to me. It works really well dating couples. I like it. I enjoy it. I feel like it's easier in some ways and really a lot harder in other ways. I mean, it's just like dating anybody. You're going to have, you know, easier things and harder things. Okay. Second from Alora. Also, many unicorn hunters seem clueless. I get through this question without going on about the phrase unicorn hunters. Many unicorn hunters seem clueless. Where do you find the good ones, Amanda? All right. So bottom line networking is really what I'm going to say with that. I'm not going to go into a huge story. I'm not going to do all of that. Um, but network. why we like personal stories. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, yeah. the first, the first couple that I dated, I got really excited cause they liked me and I was, I just like jumped on it. And then I found out they really weren't that great at poly, but I mean, to be fair, I didn't ask a whole bunch of questions before dating them. So I don't know. I kind of got thrown into a situation where they wanted something completely different than what I wanted. Um, but when we first started dating, I wasn't thinking about long-term so I wasn't looking at red flags. So really, I think networking was a big thing for me is I went to play parties. I went to munches. I met a lot of new and very interesting people 
Um, and I think that, you know, the more people that you know that are open to, I guess, what would you call them? Alternative relationships. Is that what they Fair say enough. now? Um, non-traditional. non-traditional, whatever you want to call it. That's the best way to go about it is, you know, you, you find more and more people and you have more opportunities to date people that you like and people that kind of their goals align with yours. But the thing is you have to, you have to know what you're looking for. Otherwise, you know, you spend your life in a relationship for two years and then it's gone because you didn't ask questions in the first place. What are some things now, if you were to break up with us and date another couple or date another couple with us or whatever, but if you were to date another couple, what are some things now that you would look for to try and like separate the good, yeah, the good relationships from the bad relationships? That's hard. First one might be a given for some people, but uh, cheating. I mean, if you get into a relationship with somebody and they've cheated on their partner like multiple times and nobody has ever said anything about it, you find out down the line, like, like ask those questions. <laughs> ask what kind of, and you know, sometimes it might not work out if you're just meeting these people, but you can find out a lot about people when you know them for a while. And it's better to find those things out first. Like if there's some type of controlling aspect that you see as an observer that, you know, in the relationship, they might not actually even see. Controlling uh, lies. When people tell white lies constantly, that is an issue. Like if they're lying about, you know, what color that flower is, like easily, like that yellow flower is blue. Like uh, what else can they lie about? Like super easy. Can't think of many more right now, but I'd say those are the biggest ones. I think it's always a good idea to kind of get to know the people you date before really getting involved. And when you said that, I think that's a really good point as far as finding any relationship, not just as a unicorn or as someone looking for a couple, um, but anybody when you're when you're dating to kind of go into it with more of a open mind that it might not be a good thing, even if it seems like it's a ton of fun to uh, be slow about it and get to know the person. I know me and uh, Rigel had a, a situation where we dated somebody and we didn't uh, get to know them before kind of diving in. And that was a bad situation. Your, your entire experience with somebody before deciding you want to date them is seeing them at a play party when their date didn't show up looking cute. And you've seen that is not getting to know somebody adequately before dating. <laughs> Maybe before fucking, but not before dating. <laughs> Last thing I'll throw in here before we move on to the next question is, first off, I want to say we don't consider ourselves unicorn hunters, just like Amanda doesn't consider herself a unicorn. We date people we like. They tend to be women because I like women and Cassie likes women. A lot. A lot. But what I will say is I think it's very important to look for people who are experienced with poly. Um, A lot of people who first come into poly seek kind of a, for lack of a better term, unicorn type situation because it's comfortable for a lot of newer people and they kind of default to that and they don't really have a lot of experience with poly at all. A lot of times it's like their first go at it. So especially if you aren't experienced with poly, making sure that your partners have some experience with poly is a good thing to do. All right. So our next question is from Owen 33 and he lives in Maine. I want to ask Amanda a question too. I am a third in a gay male triad. I have been with my partners for two years. This year, my partners were married. They have been together for six years, and my one partner badly needed health insurance. 
our coworkers, friends, and family don't believe that my relationship with them is valid. Do you ever feel because you are the third, people don't treat your relationship credible? All the time. <laughs> um, uh, not so much anymore, but when we first started dating, and even when with the couple that I dated before uh, you guys, it was constant, you know, people, like even my parents, like they're coming around now, but like my parents even asked me like, you know, when are you going to settle down and find yourself a husband? Like <laughs> while I'm dating these people, not so much anymore. And I think it's because I've reached that point. We've been together almost three years now and the people around me, friends and family, they see us together. They see us, you know, living a normal life and doing what normal people do instead of this crazy idea that they had that, you know, you're just around for fun. Um, so I feel, I feel that way a lot, but it's definitely gotten better with time. Okay. And Owen kind of has a whole batch of questions, but that basically fall into, and I'm just going to ask you it this way. How do you deal with that with other people, with your own mindset? How do you deal with that? That thing of people not thinking that your relationship is valid. I mean, the best way that I've dealt with that now, and I, I hate to say it this way, but I kind of, when it gets to a certain point, I ignore it. I mean, you can only explain to someone so much what your relationship is. And if they, like me and Cassie were talking the other day, you know, if they don't want to understand something, they're not going to try to understand it. All you can do is explain, you know, this is our relationship. We're in love. This works for us. And it's, if you're going to spend four hours trying to explain to somebody what your relationship is, really think about whether or not it's worth that time. That's where I'm at. And you have anything as far as how you deal with that with yourself, yeah, internally? There used to be a struggle. <laughs> um, it kind of did weigh on me for a while uh, that I had finally found people that, you know, I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And people were like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's not what people do. People go out, they find a husband, they have kids, they retire and they die. That's their, <laughs> that's their life. So for a while, I didn't know how to deal with it. But I have a lot of really supportive people that I could talk to about it. And that's, that's, I think it's a big thing. You know, my, my best friend and her husband, uh, they were just amazing with it. And, you know, they would, they would sit up and talk with me until like two or three in the morning about these things. And I think that's the best way to deal with that emotionally is just make sure you have someone to talk to about it so that it doesn't weigh so much on you that it affects the rest of your life. Um, be able to get those feelings out um, and talk to your partners. Talk to your partners about it. You know, they, if you have, in my case, I have two partners. So that's double the insight that I would have with one partner. So uh, just have some support and uh, see if you can um, get your feelings out. Okay. Did everybody in this thread spell my name wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. Everybody spelled your name wrong. All right. That's, that's further down, but I'm just, all right. So our, our next question is from Patrick, who is 47 and lives in South Carolina. Amanda, how do you feel about your partners having a podcast and talking about your relationship? <laughs> well, to start off, in, in all seriousness, they always ask me before they, they ask me, is it okay if we talk about this or like a couple weeks ago, they were about to record and Cassie came into the room and she was like, Amanda, we need to talk about this. Is this okay if we talk about this? And I was like, yeah, man, that's cool. Like, <laughs> I'm not that worried about it. It, it is, I don't know. I, I share some of their podcasts sometimes, like on Facebook. 
and I get worried that I'm going to get booted from a group for like advertising, like, but really it's not mine. Like I'm not advertising my own things. It's my partner's things, which is weird. I don't know. Do you feel like self-conscious because we talk about our relationship? Not really. I mean, we we're talk about open. things like our sex life <laughs> and we just did, we just did one on the desire gaps between the group like a yeah. week ago. I'm not really, I don't know. We're pretty open with people. Like all of our friends know a lot about us and I don't really see how. I think also Amanda, probably with us kind of teaching in the kink community and all the other stuff we do, you kind of have gotten used to it over yeah. the, the, the long while. And sort of one of the things I tell my partners when I date them, I, mo- I might not use their name, but all my relationships are class material. Yeah, I knew <laughs> so. this going into it. That's the whole thing is from the very beginning. I knew she was a she was an educator and I've seen her classes. I've been to her classes. I take her to classes and there's I can hear a story and know exactly like when that happened. Like I'm going to be one of her stories one time. <laughs> so, it's just happening now. <laughs> and I will say so I saw I saw something I'm I'm reading a book and it says that good teaching, like when you get people who speak, who teach well, they've done studies and it's like the best, the best classes, the best speeches are like 60% stories. So yeah, if you, if you date people who do relationships, uh, who teach about relationships, uh, you're probably going to get talked about, not necessarily with your name and we do ask, but you're probably going to get taught about at some point. (laughs) Okay. Uh, the next question. Oh, good. This talks about the unicorn. Uh, okay. Our next question is, oh, wait, you get to ask the next one. I asked Patrick's. Okay. <laughs> it's from Isabella. She's 30 from Virginia. I am with a couple, but don't know what to call myself. Amanda, how do you identify? What do you like to be called? Some say third, but that makes me feel like a third wheel. Some say unicorn, but that can be derogatory partner like uh, right now I identify as a partner and a fiance I really don't I'm really not all that into labels honestly I'm not I feel like they sometimes people get so carried away with labels it makes it difficult to identify as what you really are I don't know if that makes sense but I I see myself as a partner (laughs) um I never really identified as a unicorn like in joking with my with previous partners, like, you know, ha ha ha, unicorn. But that's not really how I identify. I identify as a person who is dating another person. And the next part of that question, Cassie, oh, wait. And when you say some people get caught up on labels, do you mean like sometimes your partners are driving home from Bethesda and spend (laughs) the entire time going back and forth? Talking about labels? Yes. Talking about labels. You finally just pull your thing over your head and pretend you're sleeping. So everyone knows I'm very biased with this answer right now as we... I had to stay in a car with these two talking about terminology and labels for an hour and a half yesterday. So the second part is Cassie and Riggle. <laughs> what do you call Amanda? Partner. <laughs> yeah, I, I call Amanda our partner. And I think it also depends on uh, the context of the conversation. Recently, I've started calling Amanda also my fiance. Uh, I kind of got put on the spot actually when we were at our kid's school. Uh, the person was like, so your fiance? And I was like, oh yeah, that's a new term that I haven't really used before. 
But uh, if I'm talking as far as just me and Amanda, I say my partner. If I'm talking about, you know, uh, Rigel and I with Amanda, I'll say our partner. But partner tends to be the term that I use. Yeah, I so this this was the hour and a half discussion yesterday. I say partner, you know, a unicorn. The, the problem is unicorn is the most descriptive word for a certain type of relation, but at the same time, it's kind of derogatory. But at the same time, there isn't really a better, like commonly used term that's descriptive. So it makes it very difficult. Um, so I sometimes will say, I tend to use unicorn in the context where like we're teaching or we're saying the name of a class or something like that. And I'm trying to quickly get the point across so that people know what we're talking about. But I don't refer to Amanda or any of our partners as unicorns. And I really think that this is one of those things that's a very personal to you, how you want to identify. I know some females that we've dated who are like, I am a fucking unicorn and I am proud and that is who I am. And I've had others who have said, I don't really like any of these terms. I just want to be considered a person, um, which is more what Amanda was saying. So I think it's really how you want to identify and how you want to own that role, like how you want to claim you know, what you are. And we got a lot of tough questions here, like really deep questions. All right. Our next question is Mia, who's 26 and from DC. Can we ask Amanda questions? And then she posted a question without waiting for an answer. So clearly didn't care what we said. But Mia was the third person to ask Amanda questions. So I'm joking. Okay. Can we ask Amanda questions? I am the unicorn in my triad. We have been together for 14 months. They have two boys and I'm starting to take on a parental role. Do you feel like you're being forced into being a parent too early because your significant others have a kid? Okay, this is, there's a couple questions again, so let's let's stop with that. Do you feel like you were being forced into a parent role too early because your significant others have kids? No. Or a kid? Not at all. Um, I think that it kind of just developed that way, that I went into this parenting role. Um, I enjoyed spending time with our family as a family. That was really nice. I don't feel like I was pushed into it. I feel like it's something that I wanted to do, so I did it. All right. And the second part of that question for Mia says, what are some ways to create boundaries? I'm not ready to be a mother just yet. The easiest thing to do is just be honest and say that. Um, talk to your partner, uh, partners, whatever it may be, um, about what kind of role you want to play in the child's life and in their life. Um, I think that's a really good, you know, start is to definitely like tell your partners first, like before even bringing the whole child into the situation, talk to your partners about exactly what it is you're looking for, at least at this time. Uh, She said, I'm not ready to be a mom yet. So maybe at some point that might be something that you're interested in, but at least explaining where you're at right now and how you're feeling about the time and energy that you're spending with their child. So just... Kind of the other thing to keep in mind with this is that this isn't a poly-specific problem. This is a problem that you would run into if you were dating anybody with children. Um, is just, you know, how to let that relationship grow at the rate that it grows naturally and that you're comfortable with and that the child's comfortable with and the other parent's comfortable with as well. All right. So this one's from Shannon, 27, Pennsylvania. Hey, this is for Amanda. As a third, I sometimes feel selfish wanting the time just with one person. Say, for instance, date night with my master, mostly because I know that my master and mistress have a limited time together because of their work schedules. 
How do you balance time with each relationship and each person without making anyone feel left out? This one's actually a really hard question for me um, because with you guys, our schedules align very nicely. I get a lot of time with Cassie, like a lot of time with Cassie. And Rigel is like, his schedule's crazy. So when he's home, we spend time with him. Um, and, and it's n- n- through no fault of, of, of ours that he doesn't get a bunch of time. You know, work is crazy. I think it works out really well for us. Um, I think Google Calendars is an amazing thing um, that can <laughs> definitely help with, you know, scheduling time and making sure that no one's left out. You know, for a while we scheduled, what, family time. We've scheduled family time, um, what, like once a week or something? And we need to get back to it, actually. Yes, we do. So I really don't have too much experience with that to be able to answer this question uh, more fully than I am. Yeah, we, we sort of end up, naturally having like sometimes especially a man and i alone um and you guys kind of get morning times a lot where you guys get we get to, coffee time you get <laughs> coffee time because i am not up so it's sort of organically aligned wait wait what did you just say i use the organically aligned uh sentence uh, go back and listen to episode one if you don't know what we're talking about yeah. it involves a mermaid and face fucking okay. oh my god <laughs> go ahead Cassie. So, flashback but the whole idea of things organically aligning a lot of times in relationships that's not the case and you actually have to take some thought and effort into creating time with your partners and if you need individual time figuring out how to best do that in a way that isn't disrupting group time Um, obviously if you're in a triad, group time is very, very important for all of you. So really kind of, well, when is this person sleeping in? When does this person have errands to run? And looking at things that if they're left out of, they wouldn't really feel like they were left out of because they're busy. Like watching American Horror Story. Yeah. Or Um, horror movies in general. (laughs) And finding things that your partner, one of your partners wouldn't actually really like to do. Like, you know, if you want to sit down and make a pie um, and your one partner would be super, super excited about doing it and your other partner would be like, anything else on the planet would be more entertaining than making a pie. Then making a time, you know, finding individual times where uh, people don't feel left out is really key, I think, for closed groups is finding those opportunities because there are those opportunities. And sometimes people do want individual time too, time just to be by themselves or just with a particular partner. Yeah, I will just say, uh, like you said, it's not really much of an issue with our schedule. I think diet time is important, even in groups. I do think that most of the time you can find that time naturally, either by when people people have like the way schedules line up or as Cassie said, with activities and not necessarily everybody is interested in. I had a partner, her and I used to run some and Cassie was like, screw that. That's you guys. I want nothing to do with that. Um, So (laughs) I think, I think you can, (laughs) I think you can usually find that stuff there in those gaps in relationships and interests. If you can't though, I do think it's important for you to, you know, talk to people, figure out what's going to work for people and still put time on the calendar for everybody to get alone time. Our last question is from, Cappy, I guess, who is 31 from Turkey. Is the unicorn still taking questions for podcast? What do you look for in a couple and what makes a couple stand out to you? And guess what? You get to answer this one all by yourself because we ain't got shit to fill in. (laughs) Okay. um, So 
All right. So when I'm looking at couples, I think that a main, it might be a given for some people, but the main thing that I look for is how well we get along with humor. Humor is a big thing for me. I enjoy laughing. I enjoy having a good time. I enjoy other people who enjoy laughing. I enjoy people that have the same humor as I do. If we can get along and we can laugh, that's, I don't want to say you're in, but (laughs) that's definitely helping you out. Um, I also look for, I feel like I already kind of talked about this with one of the other questions, which, which is a lot of common interests. I look for, like me and Cassie watch horror movies. We love horror movies. That's a big thing. Another thing I look for is that their sex drives coincide with each other. That is another thing for me. Because then I feel like they are both being satisfied and it puts a lot less pressure on me if their needs are both being met by each other. That's great. Um, You can say that's it. That's it. Yeah. I got nothing else right now. I am not the unicorn, but I was a unicorn at one point. Um, So I'll, I'll chime in as a secondary unicorn on this one. And I think... Just in general, um, from other people we've dated and and also myself, I think some things that are helpful as far as uh, what unicorns tend to look for. And I think what you were talking about as far as common interests, things like that um, are really important. Also, I think the idea that the pre-existing couple, at least for me, they had a good relationship and things were not almost disastrous and they were looking for another partner to fix that. That was always a really big red flag for me um, is if uh, they were looking for another person to fix pre-existing problems, that was something to avoid. So, you know, having having somebody who has a good relationship and, are, and is getting their needs met and things like that in the relationship without needing another person was really important. So, Amanda, since this is your first time on the podcast and we just decided we're going to do this, we're going to do our speed round with you. Uh, so you have less warning of this than most of our guests have, mm. because I don't think we told you ahead of time that we were doing this. <laughs> no. Let me pull up the speed round questions. Are you going to do the questions this time? You want me to do them? Sure. Okay. I normally do the speed round, but I'm going to let you do it. That's because I have the better mic set up this time. Yes, round. you do. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So Amanda, this is going to be the speed round. So we're going to ask you, what is it, like 10 questions? Two, three, four, five. Eight, nine, yeah, 10 questions. And the goal is to get through all 10 questions in 60 seconds. Oh my God. So you've got to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. It should only be like a couple sentences. All right. Okay. All right. Question one What is something you're not very good at? Cooking. (laughs) Question two Tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. Oh God, can I do a pass and come back? No, because everybody who comes back never comes back. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, something that's true. Nobody agrees. Cats are better than dogs. All right. Best piece of relationship advice you've ever received? Mm, um, um, uh, focus on what you need before you focus on what other people need. All right. What are three things you couldn't live without? Uh, cats, coffee, food. <laughs> really like food. <laughs> what turns you on? Food? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, rope. Okay. 
A book you would recommend to our listeners? Um, okay, Dark Places. I can't remember the author right now, um, but she also did Gone Girl and... Gillum or... Something Gillum, yeah. Okay. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear... I'm just going to say spiders because I can't think of anything better right now. Which is hilarious that you date me. Yes, I know. It's terrifying. What is the most adventurous thing you've ever done? It can be sexual, but it doesn't have to be. I went rock climbing, which is adventurous for me. Who is your movie or TV star crush? Oh, my God. Um, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, back when she was Buffy. Uh, what is something you're working on right now that you want our listeners to know about? Cat Cafe. All right. I think that's good, Amanda. I think those are our questions for you. How has your first time being on the podcast been? Um, Nerve-wracking, but I feel good. <laughs> How do you feel about your partners putting you on the podcast? Uh, I have no feelings right now. <laughs> <laughs> we did ask you first. You did. You did, did ask me first. But you didn't tell me about the speed round. Just no, saying. Just saying. Not. You did ask me, and then midway you said speed round. Just think about Let's all go. the stuff we could ask you that we haven't <laughs> brought up beforehand. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us and being willing to uh, hop in on answering questions that people just decided they had for you and that you were going to answer. So, but we appreciate you coming on and uh, thank you very much. I guess we'll see you soon. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Like right now, right now across the table. Let's go have lunch. Yeah. Hey, everyone. So listen, if you were listening to this episode in particular, I'm going to assume that you're interested in open relationships, you're interested in learning about them, and that you want to build awesome ones for yourself. So I wanted to take this opportunity to announce a new online training that we're doing. Uh, It's a class. It used to be called Make Open Relationships Work. And now by popular vote, it's called How to Build Awesome Open Relationships. Uh, It's a class that Cassie has taught in person Uh, Over the last couple of years, it's been her most popular class. So we are now taking it and we're going to run it online as a webinar so that you guys can come from wherever you're at and see it. And on it, we're going to cover things like how to cope with jealousy, how to balance time and energy between partners, how to deal with family, friends and a monogamous world, how to express your needs and desires and how to do it all with minimal conflict. And I say we, I really mean Cassie. I'm just the technical supports behind the scenes. This class is entirely her. So if you're interested in that class, you can go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash AOR for awesome open relationships. That's atouchofflavor.com forward slash AOR. You can see when the next one is and you can sign up for that. And actually, by listening to the podcast, you're hearing this first because we're going to be running our first one on Tuesday, November the 7th. And by recording this, I'm guaranteeing that the sign up page is going to have to be up when this podcast episode comes out. So again, you can go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash AOR, or just go to the show notes at atouchofflavor.com forward slash 016, and we'll have a link for you guys in there. Again, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you at the training. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. Ba-dum, boom, boom. He's just going to cut this out anyway. Yeah. Might as well have some fun.
<laughs> the dog's beating his tail You're against the door. Good. Oh my god, thank you. Glad that she says it's walking away. It's crawling away from me. Okay, I'm less nervous now. I just had a minor spider panic attack. Oh, here, here she comes with the jar and the plate. Come save her spider friend. Trying I'm to eat me. From my spider friend. My spider friend was there the whole time I was podcasting. Why didn't you tell me before you I sat over here? Crawl He's down over that way. that way. I'm going to put my hand over there. I forgot about it because Cassie didn't care. Do you want me to move? I can move and I can come right back. Or oh we can just God. wait till it crawls on Amanda Please again. Please don't. <laughs> Hiding behind the desk. He was up in this. He's hibernating. Here. In the joint. He is in there. I see him. He's, you got to look up top. Look up top. You don't see him? He's in the joint. He's in the knee joint of the microphone. Yeah, I, see I see him from here. You're not going to He's. Oh, he's moving. He's moving. This is three questions. He's moving. Damn it. Okay. He's going to crawl onto my face through the pop filter. All right, you ready? <laughs> We've been recording this. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my face is falling off. Be careful. Oh, my God. Catch it. 